Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast, a place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here is your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of thefraternityofexcellence.com. Let's get to work. Welcome back to another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. I am your host, Zachary Small, and today I am answering questions from a Q&A I ran on my Facebook. I had some really good questions. It was interesting, you know, the dynamic between Twitter, uh, between Instagram, and between Facebook. And in Facebook, it's, it's friends. It's people that know me. It's people that knew me before I was in the Navy. So it's cool to see them starting to see this side of my life, you know, catching up with people from the military as well. You know, kind of seeing what I've been up to. So the questions I got were a little different and a little more personal. And I thought that was super interesting because people who don't know me, they don't have that background. All they know is what they've seen of me. And that's sort of how the lens they view me through. But people asking questions that knew me in the military or knew me in high school or beyond earlier than high school, they see the person that they knew. So before possibly joining the military, they knew me before as a parent. So to get my perspective, I thought it was cool how they were asking questions. So with all that, if you like the podcast, if you like what it is I'm doing, be sure to share, be sure to like, rate, review. Like I said, I think it was like two or three podcasts ago, I asked for that. It was my first time asking. And I, I don't know if it made a difference, but it can't hurt. So again, if you have the time, if you want to do it, if you enjoy the content, just like it on whatever thing you're on, you know, Spotify, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, whichever it is. Like, rate, make it cool, let, let the world know what's going on here is quality and people need to hear it. With that, let's dive right in. The first question, what makes you feel you're qualified to speak on parenting when raising children is so unique? That was an interesting question and I started with it for this reason. I write about business. I write about fitness. I write about authenticity. I write about marriage. I write about addiction. And I know this is getting annoying. I want to keep going. I write about writing. I write about confidence. I write about going out and living life on your terms. I write about what can drive you and inspire passion and that, that fire within. I write about all that. Nobody asks me, why do you write about that? But when I write about parenting, all of a sudden... Why do you feel you're qualified? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I write about all these other things and nobody has an issue. Nobody says anything about you're not a therapist. You know, you're not qualified to give counseling. Nobody says that. Nobody cares because they know I'm just offering advice that's good advice. So either my parenting advice is shitty and people want to know why I'm putting it out there. But that's I don't think that's the case based objectively off the results men who follow it get. So now I've got to look at, well, why this question and why this topic? To me, it's more of a reflection on you. And when I say you, I'm not specifically saying you, the person who asked, but people who think that way. All people who are like, well, who do you to say I'm the guy who's raising his kids and wanting to talk about it? That's why I feel I'm qualified. I, I have healthy children. I see them do, being successful. They're having a good time. They're healthy. So I'm sharing that with the world. Just like I'm sharing... I'm having a good time in my marriage. 
I'm doing things and, and, and it's, it's cool and I don't have a lot of the issues a lot of other men have. So again, I'm sharing that. Why parenting? Why is that any different? Why is that an off-limits subject? I don't think religion, politics, or parenting are off-limits. I don't think anything is off-limits. Nobody comes to me and says, oh, you're not allowed to talk about your new diet or, or the way that you, you track your macros because you're not a nutritionist. You're right. I'm not a nutritionist, but you don't have an issue with the way I talk about my food because that doesn't really ping you on a personal level. You see, people get upset when what I'm talking about somehow reflects on their poor performance. Now, I'm not sure if this question was inspired by or has anything to do with the recent podcast I did with Anthony Migliorino, where we spoke about how peaceful parenting you know, could play a large role in course correcting the addiction epidemic we're facing as a country. If it is having to do with that, and this is a, well, who are you to tell me not to spank my kid? Again, I'm sharing my story, my experience, and I'm never going to not do that. It might make you uncomfortable. I get it. But these uncomfortable conversations are, are needed because they're not being had anywhere else. Nobody else is talking about parenting. Again, in... in the beginning of this and in the beginning of the podcast with Anthony, I bring up, I can ask people how many books they've read on fitness, on business, on finance, on, um, you know, woodworking. You, you can really literally make up any book and they always have an answer. But when I say how many books have you read on parenting and it's just crickets because parenting isn't something we read about. We kind of just wing it and do it and we don't really get too intentional about it. We just, oh, I just parent. Without doing any of the research, without doing any of the reading, without getting anybody else's perspectives, well, maybe we could be doing it better. And that's why I talk about it. So why do I feel I'm qualified to talk about parenting even though my children did not come with a manual? Because I'm having success. I have a great relationship with my children. It seems from from an outsider's perspective as well as my own that they are doing well mentally, physically, and spiritually. They're good human beings. They're They're loyal to the family. They're strong. They're independent as well. You know, and they're making names for themselves in the ventures that they're out, go, you know, going and doing. So that's why I feel qualified to talk about it, because I'm just a dad talking about his kids and my approach to raising them and, and what I'm doing. And if I'm right, hopefully you apply and it works out for you. If I'm wrong, hopefully you tell me and you share your experience. I don't believe I know everything. I would love to have that conversation. So to anybody listening to this who thinks the way I'm going about it is incorrect, please, let's talk. I want to improve. I want you to teach me, educate me. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I am infallible in all ways. I'm not. I bust my balls, though, to be better than I was yesterday, every single day. So if you see a, a glaring blind spot of mine or an issue that I'm having, please reach out. I do want to talk about it. And if you don't, and if you hear what I'm saying and it's making you uncomfortable, then let's look at you. Let's take a moment and, and take this opportunity to hold that mirror up and look at, well, maybe you feel bad. And instead of avoiding that, let's talk about it. Let's not lose this opportunity. It's not a, a judgment thing. You can fix yourself. If you respond emotionally to your child's actions and you're spanking them or you're flipping out because they, they do things wrong and you don't know how to handle the patients needed to guide a child, let's talk about that. That's literally what I love doing. I would love to have that conversation. So again, that first question, why do I think I'm qualified? Because I'm a father and because I'm raising kids. And because I'm talking about it. Those are my qualifications. There are no fancy letters in my email signature about that. I'm a dad. Boom. That's it. Next question. Who would win a fight? Abraham Lincoln or George Washington? George Washington. I'm not even sure why that's a question. 
George Washington wins all things. That's the greatest American to ever live. Next question is a little bit deeper. Why do you support Donald Trump when he's a proven con artist? This was an interesting question. I don't know if I've ever talked about it, so I'm going to here. I'm not a Republican and I'm not a Democrat. I am pro-America. Whoever the best person for the job is, that's who I'm voting for. Donald Trump was an amazing president. We didn't get into any new wars. For a while there, you know, the economy was absolutely booming. We we ended this whole immigration thing where, I don't know if you guys remember, but Germany, um, I believe England, you know, these places were being flooded with immigrants from other countries and they couldn't stop them. And in America, we didn't have that issue. You know, and there was a very nationalist approach to Donald Trump that I think was great for this country. You know, a lot of people were like, I love being American. I love my country, you know. And then there was the division and all the things we went through. But I don't think those are Donald Trump issues. I think he was the president when those things came forward. I think he was the president when we really hit the climax of these things. But when you look at him as a president... Not as, like, people get all worked up over his Twitter. I love the fact that my president is on there talking smack on Twitter. It's the first time in my adult life, or in my entire life, since knowing what a president was, that I was like, that's, I get it. (laughs) I can relate to that guy. He's sitting there, you know, talking smack about whomever. Like, I do that on Twitter. I do the same thing. I see people talk shit on Twitter and talk shit on Facebook, and then they're like, oh, who's the president I get it. He's sitting in office. I get it. He's got a a role and responsibility. I fully understand. But to me, I was just like, man, finally a break from the the norm. And the norm was these presidents sit and do their thing. And we go to war and we're like, I don't even know who this dude is or why he's doing what he's doing to my country. I had no clue. At least with Trump, he was straight up telling the whole world, I'm doing this for this reason. I'm doing this for this reason. And you're like, okay. At least I know why my president's doing what he's doing. Whether he's a good person or bad person, it's 100% irrelevant to to how you're addressing his uh, personality. There are people who say I'm a bad person. I, I lead my family. I raise my kids. I try to be as involved as I can. And I'm told I'm a bad person. So I, I, like, I couldn't imagine the magnitude that's amplified at his level. And obviously, I mean, with everything going on, it's 100%, you know, different yet entirely the same so let's let's not look at this like why do you support trump you know he's why wouldn't i like what did he do negatively to this country and people will say well he divided the country so bad we went to uh we had all these riots i don't think trump did that (laughs) i don't think trump was the one who who stoked those flames i think it was all coming to a head and it was happening silently I think people were kind of just holding in, but they knew it the whole time. If you want to talk about police brutality, didn't Rodney King, like who was president then? Let, I mean, let's go all the way back. This isn't new. These are things that needed to be dealt with for decades. We kept kicking the can and kicking the can. You know, I'm glad my country's not in a new war. I'm glad my country is focused on being American. Absolutely. There are moments where I was like, what the hell's going on? You know, I believe Trump failed in many areas. I'm no, I'm not a, a Trump, you know, MAGA blind follower. Like that's not me. I don't, I, he failed in many areas. He succeeded in many areas, but let me go back to my original point. Who is best for the job? Do we think Hillary Clinton would have done a better job? Do we think Joe Biden's going to do a better job? I don't believe so. 
I may be completely wrong. I may be 100% off the mark. I've been wrong before. It's not the end of the world, guys, to admit when you're wrong. We'll see. That's the only thing we can say. We will see what the future holds. And, you know, I don't want to see it four, eight, 12 years of, well, everything that's wrong is because of Trump. No. If everything that happened under Trump was Trump's fault, everything that happens moving forward is that person's fault. The person at the head is going to take responsibility for what's going down. That's how it works. So that's where I stand with that. Next question. When did I know I wanted to be a writer? I never knew I wanted to be a writer. And it's really funny this question came up because my son asked me what I wanted to, what I thought I was going to be when I grew up as a kid. And I told him I didn't have an answer. And that his passion for baseball is not a common thing in most people. My son from the womb, literally the first photo at the hospital, a bat and a ball is in his hand. And that's all he's cared about since. That's all he's wanted to do since. Every single first day of school photo, what do you want to be when you grow up? A baseball player. The kid loves the sport. He's good at it. He enjoys it. You know, I enjoy watching him. But for me, as a kid, I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. And as in the Navy, I, I did my thing in the Navy. That was fantastic. But I, when I got out, there was no real goal for what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. I kind of just was winging it. And that's sort of the story of my life. I just figured out as I go. And towards the end of my time in the Navy, I started writing on a forum. And I, I enjoyed it. You know, the words started flowing. And then I speed that up, you know, six years. And I do it for my job. And that and that's it. And that's how that happened. You know, I just, I enjoy writing. I enjoy just letting it flow. I enjoy talking. You know, right now I'm alone in my shed just speaking to the mic. And I enjoy this. This is a great way to start the day. It's a great way to get the thoughts out of my head, to connect with others. I really like what it is I'm doing. And uh, there's a lot of satisfaction there. So I don't really have an end game to this. I'm just going to keep talking and keep writing until I die. (laughs) Because now I'm at the point where when I don't write, the pressure builds in my head and it's crazy. So I have an artist's soul, I guess. You know, and it took a little bit to come out, but now I can't stifle it up. (laughs) I've got to write. I absolutely 100% have to write and speak. I get irritable if I don't. It's it's good to just have a journal, you know, somewhere I can vent it. So that's me. And that's how writing became a thing. And I look forward to doing it to the end of my days. All right, next question. If you're so healthy and you gave up booze, why do you smoke cigars? This is an interesting question because it is true. You know, smoking cigars is not good for you. But everybody has their vices. Alcohol was a negative on my life. Cigars, while it might be a negative on my my health or my cardio or if you want to think about like my lungs I mean I'm I'm breathing in smoke yeah there's there's a net negative to that but I do it infrequently and it's it does not impact my performance as a, a man husband or father so that's why that's kind of the the allowed vice of mine but you know I'm not doing a lot of the things I used to do and especially with booze, I've been very sober. <laughs> I've been very open about my sobriety. I've also been very sober, but I've been very open about it, which is what I meant to say. You know, I recently crossed the six-month point, and it's cool. You know, my life is nothing but up. Maybe I'll give up cigars someday. I don't know. You know, but for right now, that's my vice of choice. It relaxes me. You know, it's it's peaceful. It's kind of the the one thing I've allowed myself to, while I know it's a negative, I enjoy it. And it's just the same as, you know, eating a cake or, you know, taking part in something like just binging the show every now and then you do something that's not good for you and that's okay that's also a part of the journey is knowing how to have fun and knowing when you don't have to always be at the grind 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 hustle 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 you know step back there are times to just sit and chill and have a good time so me having a cigar you know falls into that category 
But that leads in well to the next question, which is, why do you not want to moderate? Why do you have to stop booze completely? Good question. A lot of people have really presented me with that. You're giving power to this vice over you. And I can see the angle they're taking, but I don't see any positive to alcohol. So why would I want to moderate it? I don't moderate crack. I don't moderate how much lard I eat. I don't moderate all these net negatives that I know are just bad for me. So why would I try to moderate you know, my alcohol intake? It's, it's a 100% net negative. You know what I say, eating lard, but I mean, I'd rather have a Snickers and then go about my day or do whatever, you know, like once in a while. I mean, I, don't, I can't remember the last time I had a candy bar, so I'm not sure why that's the example I went with. But the point is, I'll, I'll eat a snack or something, and that doesn't lead to like a giant crazy binge. People would say, well, if you sip alcohol, that might not lead to a crazy binge if you control it. Right. But what does the alcohol do for me? Like, I don't get the positive that everybody talks about. I don't understand why people even say that you would want to moderate alcohol. Why, though? Like, what, what good does it do? Being drunk doesn't help you at all. Drinking alcohol doesn't help you relax. All it does is distract you or numb you to the things going on. It's like taking the, the, the batteries out of a smoke detector. That fire is still burning. You just can't hear it. And when you wake up, you know, the next day... And you're looking around and you're like, well, how did this get burnt to the ground? This is way worse than it was when I took the batteries out. Well, yeah, because those problems in your life continue to burn even though you've numbed yourself. So there's no reason for me to ever moderate alcohol because it's a net negative on my life. Cigars bring me relaxation and peace and I enjoy it and I enjoy the process, the smell, you know, the, the art to the craftsmanship to it. I don't see that with alcohol. I see that as just a overall 100% net negative on my life. I don't enjoy it. It's not relaxing. Like it doesn't bring peace and serenity. Like those are all very romanticized things that aren't real, at least in my life. So there's that. And that was it for the questions. I thank everybody who asked them, you know, periodically I'll throw that out there. So if you toss them in, I I obviously in this episode didn't use any names. So don't be nervous or scared. I'm like, Hey, uh, this person said this, like, no, Unless you want me to, and then include that, and sure, I'll say this person really asked, because maybe you want other people to hear it from you. So there's that. If you enjoyed this, again, spread the good word, let people know, but these are all just little insights about me. You know, I didn't dive too deep into any theory, but this is where I stand on several uh, topics. So again, thank you to those who asked the questions. I hope you guys crush it today. Go out and have a good one. This has been another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's only community at the fraternity of excellence.com. And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Zach small underscore.